I'm looking at guys that have at least one thing that they do really, really well, right? What can I find somebody that is a, not a jack of all trades. Maybe they can be my ace in the hole in one element of that position. Hello, friends, and welcome to the first day of the Masters, also known as the Thursday of April the 6th. But this is the Hot Read podcast for Friday the 7th, and I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We are also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and I am joined today on the first round of the Masters tournament in Augusta, Florida, not Florida, Augusta, Georgia, by producer JT. JT, how are you? Did you watch any of the Masters today? No. And to be honest, I don't plan on watching a lot of the Masters. And I, I don't, I kind of knew the answer already because I know you're not a huge golf guy. Do you not? You don't. You can't even get, can't even get excited for the majors. You don't even know how many golfers, active golfers, could you name? Gun to your probably, head. probably you like name? I, could, I could probably name ten. Okay, yeah, you know, the the household names. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, may, maybe like two or three after the household names, probably because, okay. like. The mass, it's always like the masters always seem to fall on Easter weekend. So, like, right. growing up, it was more of like a thing that, like, I probably would have enjoyed it more, but like on Easter Sunday, like, the whole family would come over you. and I, right. like we'd always hang out with my mom's side of the family, who is just like kind of an older crowd. So, like, Easter's just what are you con- trying to say? I'm not saying anything. I'm just consisting that we didn't do anything besides eat Easter dinner and then sit on the couch for six hours and they all would just watch the masters. And that just wasn't as like an eight year old, nine year old kid, just not my favorite thing to do. Oh, listen, I hated it too. My dad, uh, the the only reason that I have watched as much golf in my life as I have is because my dad loves to watch golf and I always hated it because live golf is objectively very different and boring if you don't care about golf. But if you care about golf, and I found that if you if you are actively playing golf, like if you are regularly playing, it's significantly more enjoyable to watch because you're getting to watch what in your head you're trying to do um, so that you can then go out onto the course and not do any of the things that those guys do because they're professionals and golf is incredibly difficult and, and you suck at it. Um, and so, yeah, it is one of my favorite weekends of the year. I love to watch golf. I, I've followed it a lot especially recently. Um, I always hated it when I was a kid, when my dad was would, would, like, when I was younger, I could always still get into the majors, right? Cause it's a big deal, all the big names, but my dad is the diehard. He'll watch every random tournament. And so when he's got the Honda classic on, on a random Saturday, I used to hate it as a kid. Cause it's just like nap fuel, but now I love it because it's nap fuel, man. If you're trying to get down with a, a nice post meal nap, like an East, like you had a big Easter supper, tuck that thing away. And then you're trying to knock out three or four hours of Z's on the couch. There's no better background than golf, better, better background noise to sleep than Jim Nance to saying hello friends with that deep sultry, those deep sultry tones of his come on, dude. That's what, that's what's up. So that's why I love golf. Um, but it's also pretty, it's electric at the majors. It, it is definitely boring in the regular season events. If you're not a big golf guy, um, I will say that now being able to bet on golf, I think has made it a lot more appealing to folks because betting on golf is electric just objectively. Even if you don't like the sport, if you're a, a degenerate or a gambler in any way, as JT and I both are on this show, we are proud degenerates and money makers in the gambling space. Ga- gambling on golf is super fun. 
Um, and it adds a whole new element to the game to that. So, so go gamble on some golf and watch some, some golf this weekend is my advice to you, uh, at the top of this show, which, uh, I haven't even mentioned the fact that we're talking about football today as we are yeah. every day. This is still a football show. We didn't rebrand as a golf show. Um, but it's, you know, first day of the masters I've been amped up. I've been watching it in the background all day. So it was, it was the front of my mind. Let's talk about what we actually came here to talk about JT. And that is, well, it's actually the safeties in this draft class, but that's second to what we we've been teasing for four or five episodes in a row. Now we're finally getting around to it. Ladies and gentlemen, the hot read podcast is proud to present the final the final designation, the final awarding of the titles for the hot read apocalypse. We've been talking for a couple of weeks now. If you've not been paying attention to this show, just to catch you up, we I wondered aloud randomly with with no plan on this becoming a thing three or four episodes ago. Actually, more like I think it was a full two weeks ago or so. So it's been like five or six episodes now. I was like, who? You hear about the the horsemen of the apocalypse, right? You, the the people that are like the the quintessential members of of something, or the people that you think of. I think it actually came up in reference. We were talking about being at the combine and how we were looking for the four horsemen of the NFL news breaking apocalypse. Which obviously, yes. to anybody that pays attention, it's Adam Schefter, Tom Pelissero, Ian Rappaport, and for my money you your fourth guy on there is probably well, let me make sure i'm i'm not forgetting anybody who would you put in the fourth slot you have pelicero pelicero Schefter, rapaport i mean jeremy fowler has been breaking a lot of news this offseason he has i think it may be kind of a debate now because fowler is one that came to mind but then you've also got um who are the other NFL network guys? I don't even know. Who's the, Oh, Garofolo. That's the other guy that I'm thinking <laughs> yes. of. I, I, I keep seeing trash, bo- trash boy guy in my head. Yes. Garofolo trash can man from the combine. Yeah. Th- so those are really the five main guys. Um, but that's what we were talking about. And I'm like, who are the, who are the horsemen of the hot read podcast apocalypse, which we've now branded as the hot read apocalypse, right? Yes. We found them. We asked for folks to send in their applications. Had to be a diehard day one listener. Had to be a no missed no, no missed episodes style listener. And we've had we have seven folks that have we do that have, that have come in now and we've we've given official titles. JT's put together a he spent all day working on this very sophisticated, formal, and official graphic. So JT, without further ado, if you wouldn't mind revealing what you've put together for us. This is like our, I mean, we are in award season, so this is kind of like our viewer award show this right now. This is our award season. We're, Just we're imagine dead... some, award, maybe in post-production, we'll throw some awardy music right here. Yeah, we'll there see. you go, right? Okay, yeah. so. Play that track, please. <laughs> Let's start off with the, our first one. So we had seven people who were quality candidates to become right. a horse a horseman of the hot repocalypse. And uh, Easton wanted to just do four, and then I felt bad. So I, I, I made it more of an award ceremony well, frankly i thought there would tears. only be i thought there'd be a max of four people that that met True. the criteria i didn't think yes. there'd be more than four people that listened to every episode from day one but apparently there were and i don't want to exclude those folks i'm with you so we we found a way to lump everybody in so it kind of goes by categories we've we've asked all of our our contenders for this award to do various things along the way send in uh send in a review 
uh, send us, DM us. Like, how, DM us how long you've been listening. Text Easton text on a certain personally. episode. Sure. Um, and, and so we kind of have tiered it by people who did everything. People have done 75% of it and people have done half of it. Well, and who was first? I mean, first come, exactly. first serve. First right? come, first serve. Yeah. Exactly. So the first award is the general of the hot read apocalypse. This is the all seeing leader of all the horsemen. The grand hoobah so, of the hot exactly. read apocalypse horsemen. And who is this gonna, person? That's going to, of course, it's got to be Jacob. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. It, it, this is the first be. time I've seen these awards as well. Love that. Great medieval imagery here. If you're not watching on YouTube, on Broadway Sports Media YouTube page. You should be. You're missing out on some awesome Photoshop work here of Jacob's was his Twitter profile picture. Yeah, I, used, you I just used everybody's profile picture. Masterfully paste in a pure <laughs> circle form onto what looks like a a crusader um, from medieval times in a an artist rendering that you'd find in like a fifth grade textbook. Yes. So that's exactly. great. Well done. Congrat. Hey, clap it up for Jacob saying congrats on being the general of the Hot Read Podcast's Apocalypse Horsemen. Who are the other horsemen joining him? So then we have our, our second tier, which is the tier we've been advertising the most, the Four Horsemen. Right. The Four Horsemen. Um, these, these are the guys who have been here since we kind of launched this thing and kind of came out of the woodwork first and mm-hmm. foremost. Um, these poor saps know all about the Titans 10, so. They, they, they really do. And they deserve that, some that, recognition. You want to run them down here, Easton? Sure, yeah. So the four fellas that we have is the original four horsemen here. OKC Titan at OKC underscore Titan on Twitter. Go give these guys follows. All quality guys. Logan, he's at LGrady25 on Twitter. Uh, Monin, I don't, I don't know how to say your last name, Monin, whether it's Jabalia or J- Jablia. I'm, I'm not positive. But Monin at Brown Boy Travels on Twitter. Um, feel free to correct me on that, Monin, because I do want to know how to say it. And then Paul Baki at Paul C. Baki. These four guys, I know for a fact, based on their interacting with me, that they have been following the show for as long as it's existed. Some of them have texted me. They've DM'd me. They are very interested in in being horsemen of the show, and I know that they are loyal, dedicated listeners. So, gentlemen, you deserve a round of applause as well. Congratulations on being one of the horsemen. I mean, look um, at that image. If that just does not ring in the apocalypse, you I, should, I don't know. We should I don't sell know. prints. We should sell prints of this. We should have this artist's rendering uh, recreated in prints that we can sell for a limited edition on our our merch store. Just these prints. It's the only merch we have. Um, <laughs> and then we can you can all have this framed above your mantle. Okay. So what about the folks that didn't quite make the cut for the four? We wanted them still. So these guys, they uh, they do our loyal listeners. They were just a little bit slower on the gun. Everybody who uh, they've they've also been listening since the Titan Tens days, but we didn't really get their their reviews and applications in until the last uh, couple of days or so. Or frankly, they didn't go to the lengths that some of these other folks did to try to get their name on the list. I mean, some of these. I'm not going to single anybody out, but there were a, a couple of these folks who texted me and dm'd me and tweeted at us and listen bravo you earned it so that's the way and, that, so, that's so the our break, final man. our final uh troops of our squadron that is going to round this out we gave this title the sergeant private colonel horseman award they they are they, right. they fill out our barracks still a very prestigious title yes. the sergeant general general private or whatever it is <laughs> And that, that's going to go to our boys here, Jimmy wow. Fleming at Jimmy Flem 50 and Jordan Lowry at Viking Dad underscore four. Fellas, uh, listen, 
Great job. Every every chessboard needs their pawns, and we appreciate you guys stepping up to the front line. Sergeant, Private, Colonel, Horseman, Jimmy, and Jordan. Thank you for being a part of the team. Uh, thanks to all seven of these guys for being horsemen and allowing us to fill the first almost 13 minutes of this show with complete and utter nonsense. Um, Lord I'm sure knows we need it. <laughs> yeah, now we now have <laughs> we now have seven people listening to the rest of this show. Everyone else is tuned out by now, understandably. Um, but hey, horsemen, congratulations. Should we make a group chat? I, I want to reward the people that are and I want to interact with the folks that are the most loyal consumers of the content here. So we've been kind of kicking around the idea of maybe we put together some kind of group chat, some kind of private situation that current horsemen and any future horsemen that decide they want to apply to get into the secret club can be a part of so that they can interact with us. We can talk shop. We can chat ball. They can they can hit us up behind the scenes, all of that good stuff. I think that'd be kind of fun. So let us know, Horseman. Hit us up what you think uh, we, sh we, we we should do and if you'd be interested in joining a, a private group of that sort. All right, we're past the 13-minute mark, JT. It's time, high time, beyond time, one could argue, for us to get into our safety rankings. As those of you who have been watching the show know, we are now diving in for the next three weeks and it's three weeks to be exact because we're recording this at 8 45 p.m central standard time on thursday april the 6th which means we are just a couple of minutes past the exact three week mark from the the first pick in the 2023 nfl draft i mean the panthers have been on and are now off the clock by this time three weeks from now it will be roughly approaching where the titans pick i believe if my math is correct around that 11th pick uh, area now maybe they move up and maybe they've already picked I, I don't know there's a lot to discuss and there's a lot of prospects to learn about between now and then we're going to do the safety group today if you missed our first episode in this series the top 10 linebackers of the 2023 NFL draft class that was the last show we did on this feed on Wednesday just a heads up to everybody that listens to the show pretty much all of our episodes from the past month or so are very evergreen we're getting some new info here and there, but in terms of just talking about draft prospects, this is the time of year when you can go back and catch old episodes of the show, and they are still very much relevant. You will still learn a lot. And I was listening to a couple the other day wondering, you know, how outdated have these become in a month? And they really haven't been. The, you know, the, these prospect topics are pretty evergreen throughout the months of March and April. So go back and give it give it a look, give it a listen, especially if you're looking for something to do or you need a podcast to fill your time or you just want to be as as mentally prepared for this draft class as you possibly can. I would recommend that as the best way to do that. So, JT, today we're doing the safeties, and this is the toughest one. I know that we we said that the linebackers were a tough assignment out of the gate. I'd argue this is the toughest assignment simply because of the makeup of this draft class. We've talked about it a couple of times already, but this draft class is so unique in a couple of different ways, but one of the main ones is that depending on the position group that you are most in need of you are either you've either stumbled upon an oasis in the desert or you are in the middle of the desert and have no hope and are, are eternally lost if you need a running back cornerback edge defensive lineman quarterback in this class congratulations you're going to be very happy with the depth and the level of talent available to you if you are in need of a linebacker, a safety, a wide receiver, 
you're you're kind of up a creek, man. You're kind of out of luck. They're, those three positions in particular are pretty barren in terms of talent, and it makes putting together a list like this really difficult because it's not like we have ten guys to pick that are all within the top 100 players in this class. When we get to the linemen, the cornerback, I mean the cornerback list, our 10th rated quarterback might be like the 70th overall guy in the draft. That group is so deep. Same goes for the edge players. We're going to have plenty to talk about with the with the skill position players on offense because there's a lot of electric guys on the defensive side of the ball, which is naturally harder to talk about uh, for the average fan, at least. And with this group in particular, I mean, there's only one guy in this entire class, and maybe you disagree, JT, so correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think there's only one safety that you could even remotely justify taking in the first round. And only like two or three others you could remotely justify taking in the second or the third. Like most of these guys, um, and maybe not in the top 10, maybe the top 10 is comprised mostly of day two guys. But in general, this class is very heavily day three undrafted free agent style players. It's not a whole lot of studs. Yeah, it's uh it was it was slim pickings past like <laughs> number six, like five or you, six, yeah. And and like as I started to make this list, I was like, it, it, like our lists are probably going to be so different because like this class just has so many glaring holes. Like, well, I think it'll be really point. similar until the halfway really think point, so? and then and then our yeah, I think our our one through five will be pretty similar, and then we may have six through ten completely different. Yeah, because it, it really is like, like there are three or four guys that are clearly the best. Yes, or at exactly. least that's how I felt. Did you? I mean, did you feel that way going through the the class over the past couple of weeks? Like there, there are two or three, arguably four guys in this group that are clearly above the rest, in my opinion. And then it is very much a pick your flavor and cross your fingers. Yeah, I would say so. It's just like compared to the linebackers who are also a very shallow shallow class. Yeah, I thought a lot of them more had traits that teams are going to be looking for, whereas these safeties yes. are just like they're all like in the the like my seven through 10 safeties are all project guys. I, I agree. And that's an interesting way of approaching it. Cause I, I think that generally the linebacker class is a little deeper than this safety class. Although both are the worst two groups, in my opinion, available this year. I do think that that's an interesting point you've made though. The fact that the difference between this linebacker and safety class is when you start pulling up the athletic testing, the measurements, the RAS scores, for the depth linebackers in this group, there were a lot of guys that were like, Oh man, he doesn't have any production on tape or his production on tape was really bad. Or, you know, he, he only did one year as an off ball linebacker because he switched positions, but the athletic test testing is there, right? Like he's a stud athlete. He's just a specimen. He's going to be the kind of guy that on day three, good NFL organizations, NFL franchises, are taking flyers on day three. They're picking up guys that are a lottery. I mean, every pick in the draft is a lottery ticket, but day three truly is you're taking a flyer on a guy. You're just crossing your fingers because you see a thing or two in them that you really like and that you hope, especially if they're a project. I mean, that's why you see more projects go. You're more, if you're a day three kind of guy, you're more likely to get drafted higher for your athletic testing numbers than your tape, because that's what, that's what you're looking for in, in those guys that don't have a ton of stud performance on tape. You're trying to find guys that could become studs with a little bit of coaching because athletically they've got the goods. You saw a lot of guys like that with the linebacker group, right? Remember us talking about even our seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th linebackers, our honorable mention linebackers 
they were dudes with like nine plus res scores right studs with the safeties <laughs> like the entire class athletically is really not great and you don't really get and any at least on my board you don't get any awesome res scores until you get to those top five guys i mean it's just it's a it almost feels like a group of guys that may have mostly been playing cornerback in high school and college and they got bumped to safety because they just weren't athletic enough to hang at the safety position and so they're kind of just the lesser of the dbs um but yeah, not not to really hype down this class before we talk about them. There are some good players in here. It's just it's all relative, right? It's all value. So there are some of these guys we're going to talk about. My my safety 10, I don't hate by any means. I'd hate it if you took him in the fourth round. But if you got him in the seventh round or as an undrafted free agent, thumbs up for me, man. I dig it. Um, so I guess without further ado, JT, let's dive into these guys. If you're ready. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. We're going to take today's episode a little bit differently than the linebacker episode. If you've already listened, that went a little bit long. If you thought so, I apologize. If you didn't, congrats. You're a total draft nut and you can't get enough because we went long on a group of guys that as you know, a Titan specific show at the very least, we we didn't really have any business going so long on because the Titans don't have any use for these linebackers at the top of the draft. The same kind of applies to the safeties. But I think there's some more relevance to it because the Titans do only have two safeties under contract right now. One is Kevin Byard, who we assume is going to be back, but we're not positive. Both have, well, Kev, Byard doesn't have injury concerns, but he has longevity concerns. You don't know when or if he's going to start to fall off from a physical standpoint. With Hooker, Imani Hooker is a great player when he's on the field, but he has a pretty difficult time staying healthy. So this team needs safety help. They've not added that yet in free agency. They still could. But it would not shock me one bit if we saw them go safety as I had them go in my mock draft 1.0, an episode you can watch from a couple of weeks ago. I I could totally see them going with a safety in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. I could see them adding an undrafted free agent safety or two. So I think that some of these guys do apply to the Titans. And JT, I don't know if you even looked to see if you had any outliers um, that are in the consensus top 10 that aren't in your top 10. But I had a couple that I wanted to chat about. I guess we should start by laying out what the consensus top 10 is. So I have that pulled up right here. Here are the top 10 safeties in this class. According to NFL mock draft database.com's consensus big board. We reference it all the time on this show. It is a web service that pulls some 40 odd mock drafts. As soon as they're up, the most up-to-date board uh, constantly using, I'm sure some kind of proprietary algorithm to, put together the consensus on these guys. So here we are cornerback one. The consensus across the board is Alabama's Brian branch or excuse me. Safety one safety. Two is Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M safety. Three is Sidney Brown safety out of Illinois safety. Four is Jordan battle out of, out of Alabama safety. Five is Jamie Robinson out of Florida state. Six is Chris Smith. The second out of Georgia safety. Seven is JL Skinner out of Boise State. Safety eight is Jartavius Martin out of Illinois. And safety 10 is Jair Brown. I'm not sure if that's Jair or Jair. I'm guessing it's just Jair, don't you think? Probably. Okay, I'll go. We'll go with Jair. And now we got to be careful because I don't know if you saw this. We found out how to pronounce a guy's name from the last episode that we were, I was brutally mispronouncing. Uh, I was calling him Muhammad diabate or diabetes uh it is mahmoud 
what I've already forgotten. How do you say the last name? Do you remember? Um, I think it was, I, I don't even remember. Diabate? It's Diabate. <laughs> I think it's Diabate. Yeah, it's Mahmoud so. Diabate is how he pronounced it in a video that was sent to me on Twitter. I, like a moron, asked my followers how to say his name after we'd done the hour show where I said it wrong. Of course. 12 times. So I'm sure that's the case today with Jair Brown or Jair Brown. I really hope it's not dramatically wrong. And we find out it's actually like we were saying the word Brown wrong. Like we just got it completely. I thought I had Muhammad down, right? Turns out it's Mahmoud. So I don't even know what to believe anymore. Those are the 10 guys on the consensus board. Not to take my attention off the squirrels that keep running around me. Turn my ADD off. We'll focus on these guys for the next 30 minutes or so. JT, who, if anybody, in this consensus top 10 list, did you have left off of your top 10 safeties list? Um, I had two JL Skinner out of Boise state and okay. uh, Jartavius Martin, the second safety out of Illinois. Both these guys were off my list. I get Jartavius Martin is a guy who's skyrocketing, skyrocketing up some people's boards. Um, there were just two other safeties that I thought had a little bit more complete games and uh, had a little bit better traits that I liked compared to those guys. But I, I mean, they, it came down to, I was, I had 12 and I was like, I got to get rid of two. So, so you I, left I, off I Skinner off and Martin. Yes. Okay. Interesting. The guys that I had left off and I'm, I'm having to cross reference here. Um, so is he in the top 10? No. Is he in the top 10? Um, no. Okay. No, I didn't. I, I've definitely rearranged the order, but I did not. I did, however, have two guys that I wanted to mention that weren't in my top 10, aren't on the consensus top 10, but they're relatively close. And I think that they could be sleepers in this class just from a, a basic evaluation of them. And one of them I've watched some tape on. The guy I've watched some tape on is Quindell Johnson, who's a free safety out of Memphis. His RAS is a 733, relatively average athlete in that department. Um, he's got fine size, six, one and an eighth inches tall, uh, excuse me, six foot flat and an eighth inch tall. So just over six foot, 201 pounds. Uh, he's got a four, five, three forty, a very nice 20 yard split and above average 10 yard split. He's got pretty poor explosion grades and he has an incomplete agility grade. Although his sh short shuttle time was well above average, almost elite. The things about him, though, that I really, really was turned on to, and he, by the way, is, let me see here, he's the consensus safety 22, but I, I have him as my safety 12. Uh, he's number 271 overall on the consensus board, so projected to be an undrafted free agent. I think this is a guy you absolutely see drafted as a flyer on day three. I'd be very shocked if he doesn't go. I think that he's the one guy we may have mentioned today that the Titans, I think, should be interested in as a, a relatively nice free safety addition to get some depth at the position. The things that I loved when I looked back on his college resume were that he's a fantastic run defender. Okay. When, when it comes to guys at the top of the board, like we were talking about with the linebackers on Wednesday, JT, you're, you're looking, you know, if, if you're trying to get a guy in the first or second round, you want a guy that is the triple crown winner, the versatility King, right? He can, he can run block. He's, he's, you know, he's an amazing run stuffer. He's amazing in coverage. And he's got a really nice edge rush ability, or he's a stud edge rusher, flies around the, the corner. He's very good in coverage, and he's a capable run defender. That's that's the kind of across-the-board success you want in your top guys. But at least for me, I'm not looking for the guys that that lack a hole 
at the back half of the draft. I'm looking at guys that have at least one thing that they do really, really well, right? What can I find somebody that is a, not a jack of all trades at this position, but maybe they can be my ace in the hole in one element of that position. Well, from a safety perspective, having a guy who has almost a 90 PFF grade as a run defender and a 11, an 11.1% forced incompletion rate. I, I like that a lot. He's, he's got an 18.9% missed tackle rate and just a 69 coverage grade. Nice. I, I don't think that you can trust him necessarily to be the run stuffer. Uh, or excuse me, not the run stuffer, the, the, uh, the, the coverage guy. I wouldn't want him on the field on third down, certainly not a three down cornerback, but we saw improvement with him in the run defense department every single year, put up some really nice numbers performances against teams that run the ball. Well, such as Navy last year, Houston, um, uh, Tulane, they've got the, all three of those, those teams have guys that can run the ball really well. A handful of those have running backs coming out in this class that are pretty highly touted. So yeah, I think I'm not going to go super long on all these guys here at the bottom. He's the one guy that I came in here like I'm going to pound my fist on the table for him a little bit because if I was a scout, I would really like Quindell Johnson, particularly for the Titans, who can always use a run defender. They're a team that loves to 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 have run defense uh, high on their can do list. Um, the other guy, JT, that that I'll mention before we get into our actual lists is Brandon Joseph out of Notre Dame. He's slightly less athletic from an RAS standpoint. He's uh, got a 55th percentile 10-yard split. Generally, besides his 10-yard split, his speed is average. Ran a 4 6 He's an average agility player with poor explosion, very bad vertical. This dude has no hops. His weight is really undersized for a guy of, well, not of his stature, because he's only six foot and just under a, six foot and a half inches tall, which is slightly above average. But his weight is just 202. And for a safety, I, I can't have you being that short and not have some mass on you. Um, so I, there's a reason why it's, you see him on a lot of top 10 lists. He's not on mine. It's really that combination of lacking any explosive ability and lacking uh, the, the size that I'm looking for. I mean, his vertical jump was the third percentile. He doesn't have a single measurement on his mock draftable web here that is above the 50th percentile above the average besides his bench press, which we don't really care about. And his 10 yard split, which tells us he's got some explosive ability off the line, but his top speed isn't very high. So what's the point? I guess you could argue that from an athletic profile standpoint, the only redeeming thing is as a safety, you can play him at, at the free position, although he, he apparently is, he's listed as a strong safety. So, um, but you could play him free and you would hope that he'd be able to track the ball very quickly and adjust with that with that nice closing speed. With that, JT, are you are you uh, having any thoughts on guys outside of your top 10 or should we quickly talk about 10 through six? We can talk, just jump right in and talk 10 through six. OK, so like I said, we'll do we won't break it up as much as we did in the linebacker episode. Let's let's do the the bottom five of our top 10, 10 through six. Any thoughts we have on those guys? And then we can go into some more detail on the top five. JT, give me your 10th through sixth safety in the 2023 NFL draft. So at number 10, I do have Brandon Joseph out of Notre Dame as my number 10. Number nine, Ronnie Hickman from Ohio State. 
Uh, number eight, Jair Brown from Penn State. Number seven, Christopher Smith from Georgia. And number six, Jamie Robinson. Okay, so we have a decent number of guys in common. Here's my 10th through 6th safety positions in the 2023 NFL Draft. At 10, I have Jartavius Martin out of Illinois, the better of the two Illinois safeties. I have safety 9, Ronnie Hickman out of Ohio State. Safety 8, I have JL Skinner, who you left off of your list out of Boise State. Safety 7, Chris Smith the second out of Georgia. And safety 6, Jordan Battle out of Alabama. Let's talk so who who of those do we not have in common i know you have brandon joseph and i don't i have skinner and you don't is is christopher smith in your bottom five yeah so i have um i think we both have we just have it a little bit mixed up you brought in um i had brandon joseph you had the other safety from illinois um one thing on brandon joseph real quick let's cover the ones we don't have in common so you start with brandon joseph So brandon joseph uh, everything you said I, i can echo that that's what i was looking at as well. He's very versatile in what he could probably play. Um, definitely, if you get him in the right position in the right situation, he could he could become a guy um, who maybe can become a starter. If not, he can be a good rotational piece. Uh, the one thing is that he did have uh, ten interceptions on seventy three total targets in yeah, his. The, pro- the time. production is there, man. The production was there, except. Six of them came in 2020, three of them came in 2021, and only one in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, so playing back there with Kyle Hamilton the past two years, was that a factor? Maybe, maybe not. The, the fact is was that he, he... Was he playing alongside Kyle Hamilton in both of his seasons before this past one? It, maybe I, I, I mean, it's hard he, to say, he definitely but was Kyle Hamilton was one. there, right? Okay. Kyle Hamilton so least, was there at least. So was it that second year of his where he had the most interceptions like that? I'm just saying that uh, would track because yeah, in 2020, Kyle, he if had they ran the any, most if they ran, six. Okay. Yeah. If they ran any split safety with him and Hamilton on the field, I I'd imagine they're, we're probably throwing his direction and not Hamilton's. So yeah, that kind of so, makes some more sense to me. Um, he's able, he's able to kind of get some production back there. And of course, if you can do it once, um, teams say that you can replicate it again. So some of those tendencies to go out and get the ball could be there, could, which could make him a, a good flyer maybe on day three. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's that's the only one that I have not in common with you. I also have, I think I believe I have Jair Brown a little lower than you. I have him at eight on my list. Um, but besides that, I think, we have all the other I ones had, in common. I had Jair. I've not gotten to Jair yet. Okay. Yeah. So let's, uh, let me talk about the guys that I have on my list that you didn't have in your top 10, which if I'm not mistaken, jail Skinner and um, who's the other guy. Oh, Jatavius Martin. Yep. Okay. So let me start with Skinner. I really like Skinner. Uh, I'm I'm curious to hear again. I know you kind of explained it earlier, but I was half paying attention. I'm curious to hear what about Skinner you didn't like as much. We don't have a ton of numbers on him out of Boise State. I don't think that he's had his pro day yet. Um, so his RAS is is incomplete, but we do know his height and his weight. He's just under 6'4", 209 pounds. So love the size. He's got 32-inch arms, which is 63rd percentile for safeties. Perfectly fine. He's a guy who we saw play three full years in college, about two and a half, really um, got a decent amount of play as a as a well, I suppose a freshman in 2020 and then had back to back pretty identical statistical years in 21 and 22. He played. Um, OK, yes, yeah, so I'm reading a synopsis here 
of what happened in 2019. It, it just a shortened season with COVID. I guess the Boise State division didn't quite get all their games finished. So that explains that. Generally speaking, I, I like his size and what that enables him to do as a really, you know, a pretty long safety at, at nearly 6'4", 209. He's a, he's a big-bodied guy back there. He can make plays against big-body receivers and be their equal and, and not be a mismatch if he has to catch somebody over the top. He is a competitor. I love his energy on tape. Um, clearly wants to make plays. He's got a lot of burst that you really like. I wish that he had some of those athletic testing numbers because I think his agility and explosiveness grades would be really nice. He he needs some more muscle on his frame. When I look at what other evaluators who have gotten up close and personal with him talk about him in my research for this show, they constantly are talking about how even at 209, when you're 6'4", that's spread out pretty thin. And so he's a little bit thin for folks' taste. He needs some more muscle on him, but that's not anything that I knock him a ton for. I think that's pretty easy for a guy of that size. You'd imagine with that frame, he could put on some more weight relatively easily. He's got some hip issues, a little bit tight down the field. Um, you don't want him as a free safety necessarily. He's much more the strong safety type, um, and his his deep speed is just fine. It's not great. So that's really where you're looking to knock him is I don't think he's a true truly positionless safety. I think he's purely a strong safety that can be used in uh, a little bit tighter, more aggressive manner. You don't want him being the free safety all the way back there, hanging with the guys running over the top. But I think Skinner can be a really nice guy in the right system with the right fit. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's just what I saw was that that kind of the muscle mass that he had was kind of a more red flag for me. Sure. Especially with how you're just eye testing it. it. I mean, it does. You look and you're like, are you sure this guy's six, four, two, ten? Cause it doesn't mm -hmm. look it. Yeah. It, it, and also I just didn't like his speed going down the field. He, he gets it's there bad. eventually. Right. But yeah. like he can stay with those big bodies, but if that big body guy also has got some speed on him, he's going to lose most times, which is just something that I, I didn't really like about his game. Yeah, the uh, the other guy that I, I keep forgetting. Who's the other guy that I left Tartavius off? Tartavius Martin. Martin, thank you. So Martin I have as my... Number 10. Number... Did I have him as my 10? Just making sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my safety 10. Um, I, I, The athletic profile can't possibly be with the reason you had left him off because athletically, he's got the goods. He's just yet another example in this draft class of a guy that is a stud athlete that you wish was 25% bigger. So his size is very poor, right? 5'11 flat, 194 pounds, 15 bench press reps. All of those grayed out um, at below a 6 out of 10 scale on the RAS scale. And his speed and explosion grades are very high. You've got a 4'4'6'40 time a 44 inch vertical over 11 foot broad jump. All of these things like his 10 yard split is the 96th percentile 40 yard dash 64th uh, vertical jump. 98th broad jump. 95th. Those testing numbers are very, very good. He's got the explosive athletic ability. You just wish that his 56th percentile weight, 42nd percentile height, 37th percentile arm length. You wish those physical length measurements. You wish he was a bit of a longer guy and he's just not from a tape standpoint. Um, I'm trying to find my other notes on him, and I don't know if I deleted them or if I just can't find them. But 
to be to be brief on him. Um, he's a he's a a fine player who I put at ten purely because that I'll be honest, I got through my nine and the three or four guys I was considering for ten, I was not in love with any of them. The two that I left off, I just loved a little bit less than I did the the attractiveness of the pure athletic prowess of a guy like um, Jartavius Martin, who's the consensus safety eight, 99th overall player around three projection on the consensus board. I think that he's a guy that his athletic testing alone is going to entice a team. They say, all right, he's five eleven. We can't get him any taller, but at one ninety four, we can get him over the 200 pound mark. And then, you know, he can be a, a nice depth free safety for us. I don't think that he's necessarily going to be a starter, especially not super soon. But could he develop into a starting free safety, put on a little bit of weight with that speed and that explosiveness? Yeah, I think that he could. Yeah, the the weight was a concern for me. And also just um, his run defense grade was really good. And that's something that I looked for. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for me, uh, in the, in the, at least in the run defense grading wise, there were two other guys that I just liked better in that. And so those guys got the spot over him ultimately. Sure. Um, who's the next guy? Who is your safety nine or 10? Who's the first guy we've not talked about on your list? So mine has got to be Ronnie Hickman out okay, of cool. Ohio state. He's my um, safety nine. Where do you have him? So I have met nine as well. So okay, perfect. He, he's, a, he's a long, uh, safety, very long. He's got 91 percentile Ooh, yeah. arms. He, he has very good traits. The thing that concerns me that he's got the traits there. The thing that really, uh, concerned me about him is that just if you look at his PFF grades and just kind of watch the tape, he lost against some really good opponents. He was getting yep. beat all the time against some really good guys, which is, it, it's not, it, it's it, now, like I said, these back five guys are kind of more project right. guys. It's not that he can't turn into a starter guy on the field, but he's someone that I'm not going to spend a third round pick on per se. It's a it's a difficult thing when you're trying to evaluate a player and it's as black and white as well. They looked like an NFL player against bad competition, and then they looked like not so much an NFL player against NFL competition. Well, some folks see that and from a scouting or developmental standpoint, they say, okay, so he's almost there. We just gotta we can coach him up over the top. And then fo- some folks look at that and say, Okay, that big red flag. He he doesn't doesn't rise to the occasion. He can't handle the best of the best. This was something that we have seen talked about with a couple of guys recently in this draft class. Kind of the inverse of that argument is with a guy like Peter Skaronsky, who the physical traits, as we've mentioned many times already, aren't there. You know, almost 32 inch flat arms when you're looking for 34 inch arms for a tackle. Um, His testing numbers are good, not great. And yet you pull up his tape trying to figure out where on the offensive line you'd want to play him. And he played left tackle in college and he played a bunch of NFL caliber edge rushers. And we know they're NFL caliber because they're either going in this draft or they're already in the NFL winning awards and getting sacks and being awesome. And he didn't lose any of those reps, right? So it's like, okay, what can you take from that? I know that last year, this was a debate when folks were talking about NPF, who the Titans and Titans fans are now very familiar with, but MPF was kind of the exact same way. It was kind of a red flag with him. And ultimately maybe the reason he slipped out of the second round into the third round. Hey, this guy's got a lot of stuff going for him. He's very good. But when you look at his tape, when you look at his record in college, he was amazing except he was except for when he was playing against the very best of the best. And then up against the Aiden Hutchinson's of the world, things went downhill very quickly. And then you saw him get invited to the senior bowl 
And then his agent put out a very bizarre statement about him skipping out on the senior bowl saying that we believe he's put everything on tape that he needs to put. When a lot of scouts were saying we wanted to see him at the senior bowl up against some really good competition because every time we've seen him against good competition, it's been not great. So that, that seems to be the exact same boat that we're in here with Ronnie Hickman who is, just for reference, the consensus safety 12, 167th overall player on the consensus board, projected to be a round five pick. He had his strongest year by far in 2022, jumped his PFF grade from a 67.9 all the way up to an 84.8, played all 13 games, 762 snaps, an elite coverage grade, 88.9, um, relatively poor missed tackle rate of 16.9, uh, very good run defender, though, as well. So in terms of coverage and run defense, dude has got it. Um, from an analysis standpoint, there's not a whole lot to say besides the fact that he's very long, like you mentioned, despite being just over six foot. He's got 33-inch arms, which is really, really fantastic for his size. He's another guy with an incomplete RAS. So yeah, that's, I think, all there is to say on Ronnie Hickman Jr., free safety out of Ohio State. The next guy on my list, JT, is Chris Smith the second? He's my safety seven. Where did you have him? I had him at seven as well. Wow, this is I told you we might have a lot in common. So Chris Smith out of Georgia, here are my two cents on him. From an athletic profile standpoint, very poor. JT, I don't know if you've looked at his RAS, but it's a 2.91. Short king and also unathletic king. Um, arm length of 31.125 inches, very poor grade for size. Five, five, ten and a half, 192 pounds, 15 bench press reps, poor explosion grade of uh, 33 inch vertical, n- just over nine foot broad jump, a very poor agility grade, shuttle time, four, four, one, three cone, seven, four, five. That, I mean, seven, four, five, three cone is the bottom of the barrel, very, very bad. That's a. Oh, I didn't have the percentile on here, so I, I'm not sure. Um, and then his speed is just fine. He's got a 46240, which is below average, but his splits are very good, particularly his 10-yard split, 1.55 seconds. That's very nice. Um, and so he's got I mean, I'm looking at his web here from mock draftable. It's just he's just not athletically that dude. A 26th percentile 40-yard dash, 20th percentile broad jump, 33rd bench press, 19th percentile height, sixth percentile weight. 32nd percentile arms. The, the, the one stat that we liked his 10 yard split is just 55th percentile. It's his hand size. They get some 72 percentile. So if you like safeties with the big hands, perhaps Chris Smith is your guy from an analysis standpoint. I don't know if you watched any tape on this guy or if you read reports or whatever it is. Um, I watched a little bit of tape, but mostly read some reports from Ohio state folks that are scouts. What, what did you think about, about him when, when you were evaluating him? I really liked his run defense gr- game. I think he he graded out very well. I think it was around an 85 or something like that. Yeah. Georgia, the by the way, game. not Ohio State. I yes. think I said Ohio State. Um, he remind me a lot of a guy I'm very familiar with in Mike Hilton up in um, Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't hate that comp at all. Um, he w- He reminded me of him a lot. And after watching Mike Hilton the past couple of years, he's also a smaller dude who is feisty scrappy and is gonna get behind your offensive line and stuff the run yep, in the very good run defender um, confident coverage guy which is why he made it into my top 10 
Yeah. I, this, again, there's not a whole lot to say about these guys, and I don't want to get too repetitive. So that's really all I have to say about Christopher Smith. I think that he his ceiling is probably a low-level starter, rotational guy, but I think that he would be worth it as a late third, early fourth-round pick. Who's the next guy you have on your list? So at number six, I had uh, Jamie Robinson out of uh, FSU. Is it Jamie or Jamie? I think it's I, Jamie. I, I hope no it's idea. Jamie because it's way more fun. Yes. Um, I think, I mean, it's spelled double M. So I'm going to, I think I'm always positive. I've heard it pronounced Jamie. Mm-hmm. So say it how you want. I'm going to call him Jamie. Uh, I have him as my safety five. You have him as your six. Yes. Okay. Is Jordan battle in your top five? Uh, yes, he is. Okay. He's my six. So you talk about your six who's in my top five, and then I'll talk about my six who's in your top five. Yeah, so uh, Jamie or Jamie Robinson, sure. uh, I think Mr. he might Robinson. have. I might. He. I think he might have the best skill out of any of the safeties in polished. this class. Um, he's very polished. polished ability. The big problem is just his traits, who are just yeah. did not make him into the top five. Here he has two percent arms, five percent weight, and nineteen percent height. Not a great combination. Of he's got three. that dog in him. He just ain't okay. that dog. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. Exactly. Uh, he physically ain't the dog, but the dog is in him metaphorically. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, he, an, another guy who I think is in that category of scrappy guys who can play safety still and just hang mm. um in certain uh situations and certain uh outlooks so i i think he still has a chance to be a third round guy in this in this upcoming draft but he just those those measurables were just not enough for me to put him in the top five so I'll, yeah let me give my thoughts on him he's my safety five spoiler consensus he is safety six so we have him both kind of roughly in the area that it seems like most of the draft community has him 87th overall player, a third round projection on the mock draft database. His RAS is fine. 6.08 RAS, 510 and a half and 191 pounds. So from a size standpoint, very poor explosiveness, also a poor grade. His agility is fine. His speed is great. He's got a four, five, nine 40, which is above average, but it's his 20 and 10 yard splits. 262 and 151 respectively both are elite um you look at his his web and it's particularly depressing because his height and weight and arm length are i mean his arm length is maybe the most concerning thing 29.625 inch arms so for a strong safety that's a strong safety for you that ain't no free safety that dude's not going to contend with true x receivers who have 33 34 inch arms they were going to be reaching over him. He's going to he he'd be he'd be the worst version of Roger McCreary T-Rex arms as an outside guy. That's why he's a strong safety. I will say from a tape standpoint, he's one of the guys I watched maybe the most tape on just because I agree with you. He is physically watching him a really dynamic athlete, really entertaining to watch. There are some things that are obvious he needs to work on, like his arm length. That's not something he can work on. That's just an element of his game. That's really concerning, very tight frame, poor length. Um, He can get pushed around a little bit because of his size. Whenever he had to defend bigger bodied receivers or tight ends, he was getting shoved around a little bit hard for him to over. I mean, hard for anybody to overcome that size uh, differential and then the top end speed is just average. I mean, he's he's got he's got fine top end speed. It's really his acceleration where he he wins. So he's quicker than he is fast. But he's a really really good tackler. I don't know what his. Let me real quick pull up his stats. 
a 7.4% missed tackle rate. So of all the linebackers we talked about on Wednesday and all the safeties we talked about today, there's only one guy who has a better missed tackle rate than that. And that is, um, I think it was Haney out of Washington State. But Jamie is a guy who does not miss tackles. If he gets his hands on you, he's going to tackle you. He's phys- very physical. He plays under control. He doesn't have a crazy high motor, but it allows him to play within his bounds. Very experienced in uh, the really every role at safety. He, in his career, had a, a nice balance between his... He had 1,300 total snaps in the, in the slot um, and then almost 800 deep snaps and 633 box snaps. So he's played as an up, middle, and back safety for hundreds of snaps at the college level. He's done all of those things. So that versatility is a, a nice thing to add. Very light on his feet. Um, pedals really nicely. Comes out of his back pedal very um, cleanly. So all of those things I really, really like for a guy who uh, I think only played two. No, he played three years uh, coming out as a redshirt junior. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of Jamie Robinson. I'm a slightly less big fan of my safety six before we move on to our top five, who is Jordan battle, who you have in your top five. I'll let you, I'll let you hang on to revealing where you have him in your top five for a second. He's my safety six. He's the consensus safety four, 81st overall player, third round projection on mock draft database. Um, fine RAS five, nine, four great speed, a four, five, five, 40 yard dash one, five, five, 10 yard split two, six, two, 20 yard split all well above average. Very poor agility and explosiveness. He's not an explosive athlete, but he's got fine speed. So he's got nice top end. Or he's got not fine size. So he's got great speed, great top end and accelerate acceleration style speed. And then his size is fine. He's six, one flat, 209 pounds, both above average. Um, he's strong. He's got 17 bench press reps. That's above average. It's his shuttle is three cone. His vertical is broad are all non-existent. So He's right around average and above average in all of the measurable categories, but his speed, um, or excuse me, his explosiveness is is low and his speed is high. From an evaluation standpoint on him, let me pull up the numbers that I have on battle. Here we go. He had an 11.8% missed tackle rate, which is very good. Getting close to that 10 flat is kind of the benchmark in my mind for an elite tackler. Very good coverage grade, a, a better coverage guy uh, than he is a, a run defender, which you'd imagine with his frame. He's got really nice top end speed and he's got decent size. So you are going to want him back there as your free safety more often than let me see where he's actually listed. He is. Li- so he's listed as a strong safety. I wouldn't be surprised at his size if he's played a little more at free safety. Now, maybe he doesn't have quite the quickness that the teams are looking for for him to play back there against the, the bigs and be the true stopgap. But I think that teams should at least consider it because he's got such a nice track record of of playing in coverage and also has played all three positions a lot. I mean, he's played that free safety position for over 600 snaps in college, so he can do it. He's got a, a an above average run defense grade, 72.5. You look game to game, he was very consistent, didn't have any big blow ups, had a couple of really nice performances. I like him a lot. Um, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on him because you have him higher. I don't know how much higher, but I think he's well-built, very physical. Um, The frame is going to translate, obviously. He's got fluid hips, great change of direction, very reliable guy in this class, maybe the most reliable guy out here in terms of he's going to be on the field. 
He's not often caught out of position. He's not often burned. He doesn't have blow up, blow up games. He's very, he's very consistent, very constant in that way. JT, how about you go ahead and give us your top five safeties, reveal your top five list. I'll reveal mine. And then you can talk about Jordan battle. Yeah. So mine that I, I have a really hot take in mine. And so with okay. my number five is going to be Anthony Johnson jr. Now this is a guy that is flown under the mm. radar by okay. so many people, but he's my number five, number four, Sydney Brown, number three, Jordan battle, number two, Antonio Johnson, and then number one, Brian branch. Okay, so that's similar to mine, except for the one guy who I I'll be honest, I'd only ever heard the name. I don't know. I couldn't tell you where this guy goes to school. Johnson, you said, yeah, he goes to Iowa State. Okay, where do you know where he is on the consensus board? What number safety he is? Uh, he he's actually still listed as a cornerback, and he's like okay. cornerback twenty. Low, yeah, <laughs> okay, like that. fair enough. So my safety five is Jamie Robinson, who we've already talked about out of Florida State. Safety four is Jair Brown out of Penn State. Did you have him on your list? Yeah, so I actually have him at eight. Okay, so we've just not talked about him yet. Yes. Okay, we'll talk about him in a minute. He's my safety four out of Penn. Safety three is Sidney Brown out of Illinois. Safety two, Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M. And safety one, Brian Branch out of Alabama. So I think our top three exactly the same. Sid Sidney Brown, Antonio Johnson, Brian Branch. Yes. Okay, so let's tackle those three last. I first want to hear your thoughts on let's let's do Jair Brown, my safety four, your safety eight, and then I'll have you talk me through your wild card edition, who I have no idea. I need you to educate me on this guy. So let's start with Jair Brown. You can you can go first. What were your thoughts on him? You have him at safety eight. You're not quite as high on him. Um yeah, I he just gives me a lot of shades of like a Trayvon Diggs at the safety position. Like he mm. he's he's an ultimate risk taker, and I yeah, think that's he what he's known for. And that I mean, for you, maybe that's not as big of a problem. That's a maybe a bigger red flag for me, and that's why I put him at eight. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I I hate that element of his game to be sure. I I don't uh, I don't I don't condemn. I'm not a big I'm not a big. Trayvon Diggs fan. I think that he is wildly overrated as, as many do Redshirt senior 5'11, 203 pounds, four, six, five speed, which is fine. Um, he is on the consensus board, the safety nine. So I am much higher on him than you and the consensus One sixteen overall, a fourth round projection. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes at the end of day two for a couple of reasons. His RAS is fine. He's a pretty av I think he, he's probably the benchmark average guy of this safety class. He's got just a, good speed grade an okay size grade an okay uh, uh agility grade and then his explosiveness grade is below average but nothing is a wild outlier when you look at his web from percentage standpoint everything is between i mean his hand size is a 92nd percentile but that doesn't really matter his bench press weight arm length 10 yard split um broad jump like all of these things are in that 30, 40, 50, 60 percentile range. It's just his bench press that is above average 63rd percentile. And then his 40 yard dash and vertical jump actually are both in the teens for their percentile. So he's just average from a, an athletic testing standpoint. When you look at the tape, however, and you go into looking at what is this guy's game, he's a pretty diverse player in the sense that he can be used as a run defender or a coverage guy. I think that he could be a true three down safety. I would want him to put on a little bit of extra size, but playing at the free safety position, he doesn't have to be huge. He just needs to be quick. 
He's got some quickness. Um, I think he plays on the field quicker than his than his numbers indicate. Because when I watched him, I didn't see a guy that was just average speed, average acceleration, average explosiveness. I saw a guy that was above average, and then the testing didn't quite back that up. 13.9% missed tackle rate, 3.4% forced incompletion rate. So on, on paper, it's I'm, it's difficult for me to make my case for this guy. But I think you just watch the tape. He can get downhill in a hurry. There's no denying that. You can watch it on the tape. He can get downhill and hit somebody, hit a running back, get after the quarterback. He he lays the wood like the best tacklers on the field out there. He, he is taking guys down with ferocity. Um, a tone setter in that way for sure. A lot of ball production, 10 picks in two seasons as a starter. I love that, and I think production has to be you can't ignore production on the field so that's uh, really the biggest reason why i think that he could translate well to the nfl he is a lot like trayvon Diggs in the sense that he's a risk taker but when you've got that production there's still a chance in my mind that okay get developed by the right folks we can tone down the the downside eliminate eliminate the bust and improve the boom and he, he clearly has the boom so that's why i like him so much yeah so Moving on to Anthony to Johnson, Jr. Right Anthony here. Johnson Jr. Right um, here, he's talk, a guy talk who me through this guy. Where's he go to school? He goes to Iowa State. Okay, and so he's a guy who um, just switched to the safety position this this past year. So okay. he's only he only has one year under his belt at the safety position. However, I think he is the best project guy you can get in this draft maybe he he is a guy who is going to be a project he's going to be someone who is not not a starter right from the get-go but if you give this guy some time to develop he is going i think to be a stud in the league if you okay. run through his uh ras scores real quick pretty respectable 8.08 ras there he had a uh, four five four forty, which is uh, still pretty good by all metrics, but is more on the slightly above average with a seven four two RAS score. He is someone that I think, like I said, is just the ultimate project. And if he is, goes to the right situation, I think he's going to be really good. All right, you want to tackle our top three guys, the consensus sure. top three guys. I I hate that we we as well as the consensus mock draft board are all on the same page here. But frankly, I think that the, this is the correct answer. I don't think that there, I mean, obviously we don't know until these guys play, but it seems like these are the bona fide top three guys. These are the only three guys that I would consider taking in the second round, let alone the first round. I wouldn't touch anybody else in the, uh, in the third round, although, or it, it, before the third round, rather, although I, th I wouldn't be shocked to see any of these three guys slide to the back half of day two. The first guy is Sidney Brown out of Illinois, who is the most athletic guy in this group by a country mile. His size is, is pretty poor, but it's not his weight. He's 211 pounds. It's his height. He's five, nine and six eighths, not even at the five ten frame benchmark. Now, despite not even being five ten, he's got 31 and a half inch arms, which is pretty long for his size. Um, I don't, his arm like, yes, yeah, so a 46th percentile for his position and size, pretty average, uh, despite being pretty short, his height is the sixth percentile. His weight is the 69th percentile. Um, his speed is elite four, four, seven, 40 yard dash. First guy we've talked about with sub four, five speed, 2.55, 20 yard split, 1.5, 10 yard split, 1.5 flat, 10 yard split is elite, elite, elite explosion off the line of scrimmage. 
his um, explosive explosiveness grade is elite. Unfortunately, we don't have testing numbers for his agility grade, but I would put, put money down right now, a significant amount that it would be elite as well. Had a 10 foot, 10 inch broad jump, 40 and a half inch vertical. That's both of those numbers are nuts for a guy, especially a 40 and a half inch vertical for a guy that's five, nine is <laughs> so stupid. Um, and then his bench press is 23 reps. So if you look at his web outside of his height, he's filled it out really nicely. His 10 yard split, 40 yard dash, vertical jump, broad jump, bench press. They are all 83rd, 79th, 93rd, 92nd, 91st percentile. He's got the frame for it from a, from an evaluation standpoint, I guess very gracefully explosive. He, he moves a lot like some of the best receivers you watch move. He's got that graceful burst to him that you're looking for. That, that is indication of elite movement abilities. Um, and he's, he's rarely looks like he's trying, which is what makes it look so good. I suppose ton of experience, five years as a starter and over 3000 career snaps. And the dude's a gym rat. There's part of the reason why his athletic profile is, is so nice is that he is, shredded and is he's maxed out his frame his frame is holding it all of the uh, all of the muscle mass that it possibly can it's he's as strong as he can be super inconsistent tackler that's probably the number one thing and i'll pull up his rate here it's, it looks even worse than this on tape 16.5 percent missed tackle rate very concerning he's another guy that is an average run defender but an elite coverage guy with his movement ability you would want him in coverage more often than not. Now I am curious at sub five ten, where is he listed? He's listed as a strong safety. Okay. By the way, he's a consensus. He's the consensus safety three, like I mentioned, seventy first overall player, third round projection. Um, but yeah, just some other notes that I had. Um, some other things that I wasn't I wasn't crazy about. Obviously, the height is a concern. Very short, especially for a free safety. Um, that limits his ability against some of the best receivers, some of the best tight ends for sure. Um, it can become a size issue. And then he, in 2022, played pretty much just in the box. So it doesn't really profile as an NFL uh, box safety. That's the concern is that's all he did in his last year in college for the most part. And I, I don't think he can, with his size, do that at an elite level in the NFL. I don't think whoever drafts him is going to be asking him to do that. So I just don't quite know how he projects to the NFL, but I think if he gets into the right system, fits the right scheme with a guy that utilizes him correctly, he could absolutely be a starting level free safety despite his height or strong safety rather. Yeah, I, I, I really agree with you on a lot of that. Um, he really stood out to me as someone who's one of the top coverage guys in the grade, like you said, um, six interceptions the past year. So he plays a really well-rounded game um, and he's going to be as reliable as they come in this start in this uh, safety class. Give me your thoughts on Antonio Johnson, who is your and mine and the consensus safety too. Yeah, so for Antonio Johnson, um, I honestly he I had him at a, my one for a long time until I remembered I that uh, Brian Branch uh, exists is still a safety and is not listed as a cornerback like he was at the combine. Right. Um, I think Antonio Johnson is the best slot guy in the class, and why yep. he was really why I put him at two instead of one is that he really belongs in the slot there i don't think that he could um of course there's always a chance but i don't think he can get the production that he did in college if he played outside of it he's got a five percent broad and a 32 percent vert 
Um, so playing on that outside, trying to go up against bigger body guys, is just not going to be uh, his forte, which is why I put him on the outside or why yeah, I put it, him outside the number one spot. Yeah, he he started, I think his first game of significance was his bowl game as a freshman in 2020, came in and played in the slot in all but one of his 68 snaps total, I believe. And then in 2021 and 22, he put up back to back really impressive north of 80 overall grades uh, for his PFF defensive grade in 2021 an 87.4 graded season. And then last year, an 81.6 graded season. Like you said, almost exclusively in the slot, not really a pass rusher, only had uh, 50 pass rush snaps in the last two years total. So that's not his game at that size. That's not going to be his game. Like you said, 6'2", 198. He's big enough to play the position, but they uh, the, the testing, like you mentioned, was rough across the board. And so he's not particularly large combined with the fact that he's not a crazy elite athlete. Um, let me pull up some of his numbers real quick. A five, four, one RES, just a good overall size grade, a very poor explosiveness grade and a, in a, a fine speed grade, four, five, two and a one, five, five, 10 yard split. Um, yeah. So from an athletic standpoint, he, he's relatively average, but on, on tape, he, he's, he's got the burst that you're looking for, for a safety, his quickness from a standstill, is blinding. He he can get hot in a hurry. He he starts moving and gets it in the top gear very quickly. Um, his role is definitely as a box safety or a slot safety, which in the NFL, I mean, listen, some of the best receivers in the league are slot only guys. You know, you've got the Cooper Cups. Justin Jefferson isn't slot only, but he plays there quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of really talent. I mean, the the Bengals are always lining up a stud wide receiver in the slot. Like you got to have a stud slot, a stud slot cornerback or a stud slot. Uh, safety and this guy can absolutely play that role for you he can be I think on a team he could be your cornerback three functionally because you have him playing in the slot so often what dings him for me besides his size is the play style you'd think that he'd kind of be a ball hawk with his length but he just isn't the ball production isn't really there that wasn't the case in college at least um, when you look up and it's a total career one, one touchdown allowed zero interceptions. Um, but he didn't force any incompletions and he never got a, a hold of any of those balls as an interception in the air third, uh, excuse me, 15.5% missed tackle rate. So he's a good player. He can be a little bit clunky in his movement ability. His top end speed leaves a little bit to be desired. He's best around the line of scrimmage as a, as a boxer slot safety. Um, and the ball production was non-existent. So those are the reasons I'm not as high on him. But the fact that he's got a lot of experience, he's got crazy quick burst from a standstill, and the fact that that he's long and knows how to find the football and play tight defense on a guy, I liked that a lot. And so if you're looking for a slot ninja in this draft, Antonio Johnson out of AM is your guy, I think. Yeah, and he's only outdone by Brian Branch, who's even better in the slot. <laughs> he's yes. another guy who's just... Um, well, he's a guy that may really not just functionally be your corner three, but literally be your corner three. Cause this is a yeah. guy that is, is being projected to potentially switch to the corner position in the NFL. It's, I mean, safety corner, the, the defensive backs relatively malleable, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. If a team is starting to list him formally as a corner in August. Yeah. He, he's a guy that definitely, uh, could play both sides and he, he just does everything Antonio Johnson does and more. He's just got, 
uh, just a little bit more of the build that you want out of a DB uh, that Antonio Johnson lacks. Yeah, when I pull up Brian Branch's numbers, they're not wowing, right? He's only six foot, 190 pounds, a four, five, eight, 40 yard dash. So from an athletic profile standpoint, you can be left wondering what's the deal, right? What what is there about this guy to love? Um, he's a free safety out of Alabama, five two six RAS, very poor size grade. He's five eleven and a half, 190 pounds, 14 bench press reps. So he's just not physically a menace in that way. His explosiveness grade is fine. Agility was a DNP. Didn't quite get enough data for that, but his shuttle time was very bad. And then his speed is just fine. Four, five, eight is slightly above average. He's got a nice 10 yard split of one, five, six. You look at his web, his mock draft, uh, mock draftable web of uh, measurables and, and athletic traits. And he's not got any measurement above the 65th percentile besides this broad jump, which is the 78th eighth percentile. So again, on paper, not really all that inspiring, but when you look at his numbers, you look at his trajectory. First of all, it's just his pure overall defensive PFF grade year on year in 2020, 72.4 2021, 76.6 2020, 89.5 had a stellar final year at Alabama played all 13 games, almost 800 defensive snaps only 44 pass rush snaps so he's not necessarily going to be a box safety in that way but a pretty even run defender and coverage guy had almost a 90 grade in both of those here's a crazy one for you his missed tackle rate by far the lowest of any defender we've talked about on this show all season 3.3 percent missed tackle rate so the dude is going to get his hands on you and you're going down his forced incompletion rate is very respectable 15.8 he allowed two touchdowns and two interceptions with nine forced incompletions in his final year um he's a, again he's an exceptional ta tackler that's the number one plus for him he's the best db that i think this entire class has cornerback or safety from a tackling standpoint only four missed tackles on 174 career attempts in college He's very heady. Clearly, he knows what he's doing. He can read the play, read the field. You can see the game develop at different speeds with him. Very, very good player for the slot role. And at that size, you would assume he's going to be a slot player. And he's really fearless. He fills up the run game like he's 20 pounds heavier than he really is, which is what you're going to need from a guy who's playing on on the line as a slot as a slot guy. He's just undersized who who manages to work around the line of scrimmage and over over forces you to overlook those size concerns and he's pretty limited in terms of his role he's got to be a slot only guy he's played uh quick math 101 career snaps total as a deep safety so he's not got a ton of experience there nor does his size really dictate that that's why i have brian branch as my cornerback one as well as ujt as well as the consensus around the league he is the only guy considered a potential first round draft pick out of this class. He is, let's see, consensus safety one, 21st overall graded player, first round grade projection. Wouldn't be shocked to see him fall into the second, but I think that if a guy goes in the first, you could see him go and be drafted almost as a cornerback. Again, teams projecting him as a cornerback. You could see him go in the 20s for sure to some team that is in need of a quarterback. And JT, we're in need of ending this episode because we've gone a little bit long and we're done here. We've gone through our top 10 safeties. So that is linebackers and safeties crossed off the board. 
I'm not positive which ones we're going to have to offer next week. I do know we're going ahead and we're recording both our tackle top 10 list and our interior offensive lineman list with two guests who are local guys who you probably will know and who you definitely will love. They are offensive lineman specialists. I trust these guys' ability to evaluate linemen more than myself, um, and I, I think pretty highly of myself, so that's high praise. I, uh, I'm excited to get to talk to that. Don't shake. So con- don't agree with me so firmly that hurts. Um, I'm very confident that these guys know their, know the goods. I know that they've been, I've had them working on their top 10 lists for both of those categories for a couple of weeks now. So that should be a great episode. Not sure when we're going to put it out. Might save that, um, in the, in the database for a little bit closer to the draft, but in the next week or two, you will be seeing those as well as the rest of our positions. We'll probably get to, Oh, I don't know, JT. We'll probably continue to do the defense and save the offensive positions for it closer to the draft since the Titans are more offensive focused. Maybe cornerback might be next, which would be a super exciting one that we'll have to try really hard not to make go two hours because in terms of talent, there's three and a half, four times the talent in the cornerback group as there are in either of the groups we've talked about so far. It's gonna. It's not been difficult so far for me to narrow down my top 10 list to 10 guys. With cornerback, I just know I'm going to get it down to about 25 and then not know what to do with myself because there are so many dudes that are really talented. So maybe that's what we get to next. We still got defensive line and edge players to get to as well. We'll get to all of it eventually. We are three weeks away from the draft, JT, and we appreciate you all being with us. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Watch it on YouTube. Subscribe to Rally Sports Media on YouTube so you can get all these shows in their video form there as well. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we appreciate uh, everybody who is a horseman. Let us know your thoughts on what we should do for the horseman, what special perks the horseman should have. Um, and uh, if you're wanting to be a horseman and join the club, reach out to us. Prove your dr- prove your fealty to, to this show. D- demonstrate why you should be in the chat. It's not a closed opportunity if you can prove that you're one of the real ones. And we love the real ones around here. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate everyone listening. Until Monday morning when we will be back with an episode that I don't know what the topic of it will be. Um, We are going to go have a great weekend. I hope that you all have a great weekend. Until then, I'm your host, Easton Freeze, for Producer JT. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. Have a great couple of days. We'll talk to you on Monday.